Hi, y'all. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Business Unveiled. I am super excited to interview one of my very good friends who is the owner of probably one of my top five places that I can't live without just because it makes me very efficient. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But the fact that she was a history buff, nerd, whatever you want to call it, which I don't know anything about history, but then, and she grew up in an entrepreneurial family, but she didn't really find the drive that she thought she wanted to be an entrepreneur. She was a history teacher and she was doing what she was loving. And then an opportunity came up and then more opportunities kept coming up and more opportunities continue to keep coming up. And so I'm super excited that Leslie Embry of Blowout Co. and Kanga Co., which if you don't know what that is, you're going to know after this. It's awesome. And so ladies, if you're listening and you think that you don't need a blowout, which I'm fortunate, I don't have to wash my hair maybe once a week, but my mom thinks I'm so spoiled. She's like, why do you go get your hair washed every week? I'm like, mom, it takes like an, it would take me an hour and a half to like do my hair. And then I use dry shampoo, but I can sit there and actually make money and get things done when someone else is doing something that I don't want to do. So it's a great investment and it's actually quite addicting because I don't know, I just feel better when I go there. And so Leslie, thanks for being here today. Thank you, Angela. I'm excited to be here and tell my story. Yay! So before we even get into like entrepreneurism and blowout and Kanga and all the stuff that you got going on with five kids, <laughs> y'all, she's a superhero. Um, tell us a, like your backstory. Like where did you grow up? I know your dad was an entrepreneur, but you knew you didn't want to be in that industry. Like take us back on your journey of how the hell have you gotten to where you are today? Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Business Unveiled, expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals, where we take you behind the scenes of our past experiences in the creative industry and share with you what we have learned from them and how they have made us stronger. This podcast will help you grow a productive and profitable business to launch you into success within the creative industry. Today's podcast is brought to you by Vlog Easy. That is V as in victory. Vlog Easy is an app in the iTunes store for iPhones that help you make content videos as well as vlogging on the go to share with your audience. It has absolutely transformed the way that I do video and communicate with my audience. If you are looking for an app that allows you to edit 
on the go. Or if you simply don't know how to edit videos, this app allows you to do just that. You can record yourself in a quiet room. You don't have to remember what to say. You can simply look at your notes and each time you're quiet and you pause, the Vlog Easy app takes all of those quiet moments out and edits everything together. It's like magic and it saves so much time. Vlog Easy allows you to record in vertical or horizontal formatting. You can import existing videos that live on your phone into the app and so much more. Vlog Easy Pro gives you the unlimited cloud backup as well as removing the watermark. Give it a try for free today. The link is bit.ly B-I-T dot L-Y slash Vlog Easy. In all caps. Vlog easy is case sensitive. So be sure that you've got that caps lock on and you're putting in vlog easy in all uppercase. V is in Victor, L-O-G-E-A-S-Y. Give it a try. Um, so I'm from Bowling Green, Kentucky, and my dad had a chain of convenience stores called Minute Mart. And I did grow up in an entrepreneurial house. I saw him work a million hours a week and be on a thousand different boards and travel the country. And, you know, I was always impressed with what he did, but being in the convenience store industry did not appeal to me at the time. So um, when I was choosing a college, I knew I wanted to go small liberal arts. I went to Swanee um, and majored in history and thought maybe eventually I'll go to law school. My dad had done a lot of lobbying in DC. I thought maybe I could be a lobbyist, but um, once I got into school and started getting my history degree, Swanee opened um, a school of education. You still had to get your major in your subject matter, but you could get your teaching certification on the side if you went to summer school. And so that's what I decided I would do. It sounded like a good plan. I'd have a job right out of college. And I started teaching, you know, the fall after I graduated. I coached soccer, cheerleading, and eventually lacrosse. Mm-hmm. And just kind of figured that would be my life. You know, I met my husband teaching. I was happy as a teacher. I love to talk about history. I moved to Nashville in 2002. And that's when I started teaching middle school. I had taught high school before. And it just felt right. And I loved it. So being a history teacher... I could see you being like a fun, engaging teacher. Like I would probably pay it. I don't do anything history. So it's like I literally, I cheered. One of the reasons I cheered is so I did not have to go to history class because our teacher was this super older gentleman who was so boring. I mean, he's like a guy straight off of the office, but like no personality whatsoever. So I'm sure like, Like, you're fun, and I'm sure you made it very engaging. But there was a time where, what happened where you're like, okay, I'm not going to do this teaching thing anymore, and I want you to share the story that you were sharing, like this one teacher, and how, y'all, it is kind of like effed up where in this education system, and did you teach at a private school? Okay, so yeah, private. Um how it's like no matter how much time, how much effort, how much more work you put in, how much more you care, you're not going to get more or make more money. And there's not ways to really advance in your career unless you like have a master's and a doctorate. And then 
well, I just, I want you to share the story. Well, I was in education because I liked to teach and talk about history. And yes, I was fun because history is fun, Angela. You just needed me as your teacher. I know. But I taught it like a soap opera because it is kind of like a giant soap opera and told all the crazy stories. But anyways, I would get frustrated because it didn't matter what I did. I wasn't going to make more than a teacher who had a master's or I wasn't going to. I didn't want to go into administration and that's where more of the money is in education. I was in it for the students and for the love of the subject. So... That was starting to wear on me, and my husband and I, he had three children when he got married that we had full custody of. We had already had one, so we were at four kids, and we were talking about a fifth, and I did think to myself, if something ever came up, I could leave teaching. I love it, but for the sake of my family, I could leave teaching. It just nothing had had sparked my interest until, and I can tell this story, I've told it a million times. Another girl that I taught with was getting married in Santa Barbara. And we had been really good friends. And so a group of us flew out to Santa Barbara for the wedding. And this was in May, uh, no, in September of 2011. And you can't see me, listeners, but I don't wear makeup. I have straight, long, boring blonde hair that luckily I don't have to color really ever. And so it's easy for me to go a year without going to a salon. I did not own a hairdryer, I didn't own a curling iron. I didn't know that my hair would hold curl. Like, I'm as plain Jane as you get. Well, I was on a jog, and I ran by in, in, in Montecito, in Santa Barbara, and it was gorgeous, and something, there was a chalkboard outside of a salon, and it must have had a cute saying. I wish to God I could remember what it said. But it made me stop mid-run, like sweating, open the door, and I was like, what do y'all do? And they said, we just do blowouts. And I was like, well, what's a blowout? And they were like, ha you're not from here. I was like, no, I'm from Nashville. And they said, well, come in for the wedding and we'll do your hair. And I was like, okay. So I ran back to the house where the other couples were staying. I said, y'all, there's this place that'll just do your hair. And they were like, why would we pay someone to do our hair? And I said, I don't know. They do it in California. It's got to be cool. Like, we should do it, right? So we called, made the appointments, and went in the next day before the wedding. And... I, I don't know. I walked in. The place was super cute and everyone was in a good mood. And I must have asked my stylist a thousand questions. I was like, did you all invent the blowout? Like, are you the only people in the world that do this? I didn't know anything about it. And she was like, no, no. She's like, we're locally owned. Um, but there are chains that are starting to come out out of New York and L.A. I mean, this was early. This was 2011. And I was like, wow. And when I left that salon, I felt beautiful and confident. And I didn't even know that that was possible. Again, because I never got my hair done. I didn't know that that little boost of confidence would matter. And I was at a wedding. I didn't know anybody and I didn't care. And looking back, like I still have the picture from that wedding. In fact, it just showed up on my Facebook feed because it was September 30th, however many, eight years ago. And the blowout was just fine. You know, It, it wasn't like it was the best blowout I ever had in my life now that I've had a million. But I I can see in the picture, like, I felt good. And I was pregnant, and I was just starting to gain weight with my daughter, but nobody knew I was pregnant. You know, it's like that early time. And I rocked that wedding. Like, I look like a supermodel because of my hair. So on the trip home, I told my husband, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. While I'm on maternity leave with my daughter, I'm going to open a blowout bar, and I'll go back to teaching in the fall. That's how stupid I was. I thought, like, the salon would, like, open in two months, run itself, and I could go back to teaching, doing what I love. Um... And that's what happened, except for the part with me going back to teaching. That was September 30th. I had signed the lease on the location by the end of December. 
And I told my boss, I had to tell him, I was like, listen, I'm not coming back. He did not believe me because, I mean, I've been teaching there 10 years and loved it and everyone loved me. And he was like, you're not going to open a hair salon. You don't even brush your own hair. And so in March, when I, this was, I mean, I was huge. I was so pregnant with my daughter and I could only do my interviews for the stylist while I was on spring break because I was working full time and coaching still. And the day before we left for spring break, my boss was like, listen, I have to interview for your position if you're really leaving. And I was like, like, I've already said I'm leaving. Like, I promise. I'm not coming back. He was like, okay. And then over spring break, I interviewed people. I didn't tell them who, what I did for a living. I guess they assumed I already owned salons. I didn't tell them anything. And um, I just asked a lot of questions. I had to find someone to watch their blowouts because I didn't know if their blowouts were good or not. I'd only had one ever. There were no other blowout bars in the Southeast, really. So I couldn't do any market research because they didn't exist down here. And so I just sat and smiled, act like I was watching them, like I knew what they were doing, knowing pretty much I was going to have to hire everybody because not that many people showed up to interviews for a salon that didn't cut or color hair. And I hired everybody while I was on spring break, taught my last class, March 30th, coached, you know, lacrosse that day, cleaned out my classroom, had my daughter Monday, April 3rd, and no, April 2nd, and opened Whitebridge May 3rd, four weeks later. Which, for those of you who don't know where we are, Whitebridge is right down the road from our office, and that was the first location, and I actually went to that first location, and there was a girl there that... Um, and a couple of different people did it. And I started doing it because we had brides. We had clients. They were like, there's this thing, like this blowout place. And it's by Jay Alexander's. And I love Jay Alexander. So I'm like, oh, so I'll just go over there for lunch one day and then just like go check it out myself. I don't like to refer uh, service industry stuff unless I've actually had it done. Um, especially because most girls and our, our clients, like they... They're, they're doing something different usually, like with their hair, their makeup. And so I just wanted to see like what the experience was. And then I went to the same girl for a long time and then you opened up location two. But before we jump onto that, how did you, so with you and your husband both being a teacher, how did you even like get a look? I mean, that's like as another mortgage, like on a location. So like, did you get an investor? Did you take out a loan? Like, what What do people do? So, guys, like, literally one little experience, two hours of your life, and you're like, this is what I'm going to flip and do. And, like, you were adamant. And But some people who are like, that's what I want to do, but I don't have the money or I don't have the funds or I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, how did you get – before we go on to your second and your third and your fourth location – how did you even get that first one started not not being a business owner? I mean, obviously, your dad was an entrepreneur, but talk us through that. No, that's a good question because I didn't know what I was doing. And I think entrepreneurs <clears throat> just have this blind optimism and stupidity sort of. Where they're like, I mean, I believe that this is going to work, so it's going to work. And it's up to me. That's what you have to believe in yourself. Like, I truly believed. And I tell that every time I interview somebody to work at the Bullock Co., I'm like, I'm all about customer service because if that girl who gave me my one and only blowout before I opened an entire bit, like left my career, my 12 year career, you know, what if she had rushed me through the appointment or hadn't been friendly, hadn't answered questions? I mean, 
I have 60 something employees because of that. It was actually one hour of my life, you know, so it, it really matters. And you never know how your life is going to change. Always. If you feel like you're in a rut, just know something lightning could strike and you don't know. But anyways, back to how I got it funded. So pretty quickly, I mean, I was like really excited. I mean, I was going talking to anybody who would talk. I was like, I'm going to do this. And, you know, I feel like God had put some things in my place like I was the assistant cheerleading coach to me that year. Her husband had all the sports clips um, franchises like in Tennessee. So I could ask him a lot of questions. Like there was all these weird things that were happening. But I found two investors really quickly. And I told my dad about them. And my dad said, stop. I'm not going to let you give away half of your company before you start it. He was like, let my company invest in your first location. So that you know, not everybody has that opportunity and I totally get it. And I was blessed to have a father whose company said they do that. But I had already found the two investors that were going to fund it just because they had been to other big cities that had them and they knew that if it really did open, it would be a hit. So I did have that. And then the second one, I opened really quickly after the first one, but I has, was able to go to the bank with some you know, with, with some really good numbers and, um, they were willing to, to do a loan for the second one, but I had to find a co-signer. So that's how I got the first two off the ground so quickly. So was the Gulch your second one? Brentwood. Oh, okay. So Brentwood. So Brentwood is a city right outside of Nashville where it's probably one of the more expensive places to live in outside of Nashville other than Franklin, I'm from Mount Juliet, which is like way, way, way country. But now it's like growing and it's like they have malls and stuff out there. Like it's crazy. But your location in Brentwood, I know, is right next to a Target. And the first location is right across the street from a Target. But your third location is not next to a Target (laughs) It's right in the middle of the gulch where it's mainly not like hipster, but like it's a great, it is a great location with a bunch of tall, pretty unaffordable for younger people um, condos. So did you feel like from a location perspective, like were you very aware of like, okay, I need to be next to a large place that people come and go all the time for convenience, like a Target? And how did you decide to go in the gulch that was not by Target? All good questions. So with my first location, I knew that I didn't know what I was doing. And so I was going to need some support, you know, people who knew who I was. Well, I'd been teaching and coaching girls in Belmede for uh, 10 years. So I thought I need to keep my first location close to where I teach. And, um, I used to nanny for the guy who had a property for Lee's son out in front of Paddock Place. And so I called him directly and I was like, Hey, remember me? I used to babysit your kids. I'm thinking about doing this. And he was like, Oh, you're the one. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, there's some girls from California who are looking, they've contacted us about opening the same thing. Um, but they heard that there was a local girl trying to do it too. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh, my God, I'm not going to get to open. And then uh, later, I've never told you the story. I was at my college roommates. So when I heard that, I knew who it was. And I was like, I'm not going to get to open. Because if they're going to open, I'm not going to open. This is crazy, you know. So I was really sad. That was in October. I was like, oh, gosh, man. If they're looking at locations, I'm not going to be able to look at locations. And then I went to 
my college roommate's dad's funeral in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. And I was sitting next to this guy who he was really good friends with her brother, I guess. You know, he was younger than I was. I didn't know him, but he looked familiar. And I kept thinking, I'm like, why do I know you? And he said, well, I live in Nashville. I was like, oh, I live in Nashville. And he said, I'm a commercial real estate agent. And I was like, oh, do you know my commercial real estate agent? At which point, my friend's brother was like, why do you have a commercial real estate agent? You're a, you know, a teacher. And I was like, well, I had this idea to open this salon, but, you know, I heard like a chain is coming in. And the guy, swear to God, he was like, well, you'll be happy to hear that they're not coming anymore. And I was like, how do you know? And he said, well, I was their agent and they only wanted Hill Center. And when they couldn't get it, they said, it's not time for Nashville. At that point, I picked up the phone, called the guy I used to babysit for and said, I'll sign the lease that day. Anyways, isn't that crazy? So it didn't have anything to do with Target. It was just I used to babysit the guy, and it worked out, and it was in the area I wanted. And then Brentwood, yes, that was by Target. I thought that would help. And then the Gulch, I, my original business plan had three locations, Bellmead, Brentwood, and downtown. I didn't know if it would be the Gulch, downtown, wherever. Um, and it's funny that it worked out that way. I was at a baby shower, and someone who did the leasing for the Terrazzo building was also there and heard me talking about wanting to expand. And they approached me, the Terrazzo, and said, well, we'll make this spot work for you. Having no idea that Nashville, like I envisioned the Gulch being for people that live in the Gulch. But in reality, that location, I mean, within six months of us opening, Nashville became the number one bachelorette destination in the country. I had no idea that was going to happen, obviously. And it is tourist, 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 tourist at that location. Plus, I mean, I love our, our regulars. We do have them there. I think you go to that location the most. But um, really, it's just a lot of luck. <laughs> I don't know. So, like, that gives me chills. Like, the fact that you're sitting, like, God had you sit next to that person is crazy it's a god thing yeah if you want to hear a god thing let's take it back a notch you remember i told you i was at a wedding right well let me tell you how that wedding happened to make the block co even exist in 2009 a student at my school got the swine flu okay and the cdc came and shut that was when they thought the swine flu was going to be bad but it turned it out being nothing worse than like a normal flu so they closed my school for a week. I was with several teachers at a birthday dinner at a Mexican restaurant in the Gulch. What was that place called? I can't remember. El Cantino Laredo or something. Yes. Anyways, we all, our phones started buzzing. And we look at the phones and we're like, what? Is, what? The school is, can't, we're, we're out for a week? I mean, what? You know, like everyone was like, what is, what's happening? You know, we're drinking margaritas, like cheering each other. Well, one of the girls at the table was going through a divorce and she was like, I was supposed to go to Las Vegas for the weekend. I'm going to extend my stay. And another teacher at the table was like, well, then I'm going with you because what else are we going to do? So they booked their flights at that dinner for Las Vegas. The last night they were in Las Vegas, that teacher met the guy she married in Santa Barbara. If that kid had not gotten the swine flu, she never would have met him. I'm getting chills. And I never would have gone to that wedding in 2011 because they would have never. It was the last night because... The school was closed for a week. They extended their trip to Vegas, and the other girl came, convinced her to go to this bar. And the night they, their last night there, she met the guy that she married in Santa Barbara. How about that? Which was the wedding where you got your blowout. Oh, my one and only blowout. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? So why don't you have a book yet? Like, <laughs> right? I should. It's like follow the God things. <laughs> like, I know. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> 
And it's like everything happens for a reason, even when things like aren't great. And guys, like it's not like everything is easy. I feel like we're constantly like having challenges and um, but you you just you just keep going. And when you know you're servicing people and like start with your peeps, like I love how you knew you're like, I need to stay in this area first because I've been in the community and I and people will support you because you're in that community and just um, being completely like fearless, like, I mean, just jump and go. And then you have another location in Chattanooga. So how did that even become about? That was strictly investor driven. I had some, I feel like I have like a stray dog sign outside my salons. When I was trying to open, there were no blowout bars around me. So I didn't have anybody to talk to. So I would reach out to all these blowout bars on the West Coast or East Coast and nobody called me back. Well, one one person did in Oregon, in Portland, Oregon. Shout out to you if you're listening. And they called me back eventually and like gave me some tips, but no one did. So when I opened and people would call, I would be like, why don't you come shadow me? Like I was so, because I knew, you know, I think of these two girls in Columbus, Ohio. I knew I'm not going to Columbus, Ohio. So I'm like, come. They brought their dad down. They shadowed me for a day. So I was always having people. A girl from Louisville came down, a girl from Lexington, and I would I'd take them out to lunch, let them ask me questions. It's not like I'm perfect at what I do, but like I didn't want to just not call people back because that had happened to me a million times. And um, two women from Chattanooga called and said, we want to do this in Chattanooga. I was like, well, come on. They came and they watched me for a day and, you know, I took them out to lunch. They asked all the questions. And then um, when we went back to my office, they were like, let's be real. We just want a place to get our hair done in Chattanooga, kind of. We and we want to help with it, but we don't want to work every day. You know, would you open a blowout co in Chattanooga? And that's how that one started. Yeah. So that's hilarious. Because yeah. <laughs> you're kind of like, well, that. I mean, I I see the point. Um, and then talk us through like, how did you decide that you were going to? offer more services. So like, for example, I've seen it. I feel like I've, I started to go to Whitebridge and now the Gulch and, and just like we, you've got good people. I mean, you've got, um, and just so you guys know, just cause I'm friends with Leslie and I know a lot of the people that work with her, like they love you. And I think because your background is a teacher and your heart is into helping people and educating them, that that's where your heart is. It's not always about like the numbers and the business. I mean, you have to have that too to be able to expand. Um, but when you started with Blowout, I know that then you started to have lots of different products. Like how do you decide who to go with? And what does that do with revenue? And then you, some of your stylists, I know, do makeup. So then now you can, as a bridal party comes in, like you mentioned, one-stop shop, walk out, feel beautiful, your hair and your makeup. Then the big thing is extensions and these new halos. So how are you making those decisions as a business owner to, are you just listening to the market or are you actually like, oh, we could be making more revenue? Um, so the first edition we did was makeup, and that was strictly, like, client-driven because I didn't think about makeup. And then everybody who was getting their hair done would be like, gosh, now I look, like, naked because my hair looks beautiful and my face looks 
terrible. I wish that you all offered makeup. And I was like, oh, I don't know anything about makeup. I still don't wear makeup. So I started asking my girls. I'm like, does anybody have a makeup kit? You know, I don't know. What's that mean? <laughs> what do we charge for? But no. So that's kind of how that evolved. So very quickly, I think I opened in, well, no, I opened in May. And I think by July, we um, started offering makeup services. And that's evolved too. In the beginning, you had to have a full kit on your own. Now I supply, it gets expensive for the girls. So I supply all the foundation because that's what you go through. And then anything that's disposable because I want it to be a way for the girls to make more money. Everything I do is twofold. It's There are a lot of decisions I could make that would make me make more money. I could book on the 45. I could do all these things. But I want them to enjoy where they work and have ways to make more money. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a $40 service. I can't pay you what I'd love to pay you to work there. I mean, it is what it is. And so I try to come up with ways where they can make more money. Enter, so makeup, they get a huge commission off the makeup. Then um, halo sales. If a client buys a halo, they get a commission off that. Then we started taping extensions because a lot of brides, you know, see these pictures on Pinterest and want all these things, but they have thin hair. So it was a natural progression to do extensions. But on the flip side, it's a way for my girls to make money. I mean, I've got a, a particular stylist in Brentwood, and she's like, I never want to do another job, so I'm going to come up with every way I can to make as much money here as possible. And she does more extensions than anyone I've ever met. Um, and then lastly, the, the, and this will probably be the last thing I do add, we're starting root touch-ups because – and that's client-driven. When you get to the crown of your head and you're sitting looking in a mirror and the stylist pulls it up and you see your, you know, one or two inches of root and you're like, oh, God, I don't have a hair appointment for another four weeks. What am I going to do? We hear that a lot. And so it's a natural addition to do root touch-ups and it still fits in our time frame. And it, again, I give the girls commission on it. So it's just another way for them to make money because I can't do what I want to do and pay everyone, you know, let's all make six figures. But... um, this is a way for us to help. And then I also do, you know, we do have two great product lines, Kevin Murphy and Devin S. And I offer the girls up to 20% commissions on product sales, which nobody does. But if they want the money, it's there. You know, if money's what drives you, then there's ways to make money at my salons. How did you choose to carry those two? I think I, think I have every product. Yeah. Because <laughs> the shit works. So good. They I mean... Really good. And they, everything is so, everything, I'm like, is there travel size in this? And tra Because, like, the way that some of the these products are constructed, you can't just open the cap and dump it into, like, a little travel thing. And so it is the experience. It is how it's packaged. It is the way it smells. It is the way it performs. When I was in Italy, I had my mom with me, you know this, for two weeks, and she, like, picks up my little travel things and she's like $25 and I'm like what you know the little stickers I'll just leave them on and I don't pay attention because I don't care because I care about the way it performs and I'm like mom she's like I she wouldn't even use it she's like I don't want to use your expensive hairspray and I'm like mom it's fine like it smells so good and then she's she's like saw me spray it and she's like oh it does smell really good but like how did you choose those two products Again, it's all like so ironic because I used herbal essence my whole life because I don't know anything about hair products. Again, so when I started doing research, I couldn't go to blowout bars. So I just would look at Yelp reviews online of blowout bars. There were some in Texas and California. Really, those were the two big states. And there was one in Texas where the reviews mentioned the products. 
I don't even know what the name of the salon was, but they'd be like, you know, I love this place and I love that they carry Kevin Murphy. I love, da, 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 da. I love that they, you know, Kevin Murphy was mentioned a few times because normally reviews are like, I either hated my stylist or I loved her. But this, the fact that they mentioned it, I was like, oh, Kevin Murphy, that must be good. So I looked it up and I like read his little blog. I'm like, okay, so I'm like, how do I buy Kevin Murphy? I mean, this is like by how stupid it was. So using the computer, I'm like, oh, okay, Kevin Murphy is shipped out of Missouri, <laughs> whatever. So I call Missouri, like this number in Missouri. I'm like, hey, I'm going to open a salon in Nashville and I want to carry Kevin Murphy. And they were like, what What kind of, and I was like, well, we're not going to cut her color. Well, I can promise you there probably weren't blowout bars in Missouri at the time. And the people thought I was crazy on the phone. But they connected me to Stacy Roach, who was the, um, the salon service group rep in Nashville. And this was, she, you know, I'll be loyal to her to the day I die. Because I called her, like, during a free period. And I was like, hey, Stacy, my name's Leslie Embry. And I'm going to open a salon here in Nashville. And I want to carry Kevin Murphy. And she was like, okay, can I meet with you? I was like, well, here's the, I'm a teacher, so I can't because I work full time, but I could meet you after lacrosse practice. And she was like, you're a coach? I was like, yeah, yeah. And she was like, no, tell me about your salon idea. And I was like, well, we're not going to cut our color hair. We're just going to shampoo and style. And she was like, can I have coffee with you? Like, I think she thought, um, this girl's crazy. Well, then I show up to our meeting seven months pregnant and she was like oh good and you're pregnant too like this makes all perfect sense like what are you doing and I was like no no it's gonna work I promise and she like I think like either felt sorry for me or like wanted to watch this like ship burn and just see like this like (laughs) this disaster but no she she was like okay girl I mean she did some research and she found out there were blowout bars that existed like she didn't know but on the west coast she was like we'll try but Kevin Murphy is on board, you know, I mean, he's a styling, at the time he was pretty much just styling products. And, um, so she's who helped me find someone to do my interviews. She was like, I've got someone who'll maybe help you. Cause I mean, I really think she thought, what is going on with this girl's lost her mind. And she helped me. So Kevin Murphy was first and that was easy. And then Devin S came because Kevin Murphy's great, but he only had one hairspray at the time. And we really needed a working spray that wasn't so strong. Um, and my girls for about a year were on me to get another product line and Davines was always my second choice. And the Davines rep was, um, also, you know, really persistent. She was like, I think you really need to carry it. And eventually I gave it, it was just a big buy-in what was holding me back, but I'm so glad I did. I love both our lines and they're so great, but it's so funny because I mean, me, well, I won't even tell you what's in my shower right now. It's just, it's if I don't have any from the salon, then I'm like, oh, whatever, Pantene. It's so bad. I'm so bad. I'm like the worst person in the world to talk about hair and makeup. And it's so funny because it's how I make my living. But I also think that there's just some humbleness about it because you actually look to your stylist so much for like, like they don't really, they don't know how to run a business, but like, and you kind of got to grow up and see some of that where like I came from two like you do the same thing every day that your life is planned out for the next 18 years family where I didn't even know what that I didn't know what the word was it was like a foreign word to me I still can't spell it appropriately (laughs) so I just voice dictate it um but I think that's one thing that makes your relationship so amazing with your stylist is because you truly don't know what you don't know and so like you're not snobby about it where some people are like totally snotty I will say two things one 
I learned that from my father. And I'll try not to cry. He passed away this year. But he, um, I mean, at one time he had a hundred and something convenience stores. And he went to every single one. And they all knew him. And he knew them. And he cared about them. And he knew that without them, there would be no Minute Mart. You know, whether it was the person that went third shift at a store in Burksville or whether it was his, you know, COO. He was all about, and he, and that's how he raised us. You know, I, we all had to, I worked in a store. Everybody had to work at the office and, and get to see, well, I didn't work at the office. I chose to work at the store. My sisters worked at the office. But I, they, he never, I mean, if, if any, if a word humble, that's the word. He was the humble entrepreneur and that I, I didn't know he was teaching me that, but he was. I've never tried to act like I know more than my... The people that work for me are magicians. They make... I always tell them, I'm like, you make people feel beautiful. I can't have that. And I can't do that. That's a gift. That's your God-given talent. And if you... I'll give you a beautiful place to do it, and I'll make sure the bills are paid, and I'll do the marketing, and you focus on your craft. And I do think they appreciate that because I have never... I always listen to them, you know, because they are what puts food on my table, you know, and I'm blessed with um, amazing staff. We both had awesome dads <laughs> that are both in heaven. Maybe they're friends in heaven. <laughs> Say those are our girls. Those are our blonde girls. Right, Pepe. Um, and it never gets easier every year. It's just like, ah, oh. and every day I'm like, well, what would dad do? Like dad would have handled it this way. And, um, he was, my dad was very set in his ways though. So I think that technology would have eventually killed him. Although he, I thought would ask to be buried with his iPhone because he did love it <laughs> only because of pictures and grandkids. Um, but you have a new product that is not someone else's product called Kanga. And, um, and I've known you the whole time you started this and seeing like coming into a meeting and seeing the packaging and she's like I'm sending it out to the salons and I'm like I'm so proud of you like this is so amazing but again giving a tool to a stylist to make it easier for them to be to work a little bit faster and a little bit more efficient so whenever I'm working events there's this belt called I think it's like a hot toddy or something I don't know I was speaking at a conference and I was like walking up and down the aisles in between people speaking and there were these like belt things and what caught my eye because we run everything off of iPads and we always need like scissors and chapstick and tissues and mints and bobby pins and like shit that you just aren't going to carry around your waist every day but they had these belts and I'm like, oh my God, I need that because I can put my iPad, my phone, my keys, whatever the bride needs, like in this, it had all these pouches. And then she started to just like perfect it. And, but so that's kind of to me when I saw, I was like, oh, everyone needs that. Every style, like every planner who, any event person. Now there's people, they're like, but it makes my butt look big. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, this is about efficient. You are not here to look cute. You are here to serve people. And whatever makes us be the most efficient, and half my girls, because they're all creatives, they just put their shit down everywhere. And I'm like, do we all have our location services turned on? And find my iPhone or my iPad if you set your electronics down. Because I need you to keep up with that so you know what the hell's coming. So then I got them all belts. And some of them wear them. Some don't love them. Whatever. 
but I'm like, you better keep that device on you. So it's like without a hairdryer and without a curling iron, like your girls, it's like you're taking your tools away from them. But so it's a belt. And the coolest thing is they can have hot devices like a curling iron straightener, whatever, like in their pouch. But how did Kanga even become a thing? So my director of operations introduced me to a lady that she used to um, assist in a, her salon. Her name's Karen Percy, and this was about five years ago. And she was like, listen, Karen has worked hard on this belt. She's got this belt. We all need them. It makes life so much easier, da, da, da. So I went and I met with Karen and saw the belts, and I was like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. I, you wear it around your waist. It's got, it's totally customizable. The pockets snap on and off and it's got a pocket for your hot tool. So you can have a 400 degree curling iron at your waist and you don't have to bend back and forth. Again, I wanted to make my stylist life easier, save their backs. I'm like, this is brilliant. No brainer. So I bought them for all my locations. I think I was like her earliest adapter. And every time I would see her, I'd be like, girl, why aren't you on Shark Tank yet? I mean, this thing is brilliant. Everybody needs one and da da da. Well, Life happened, and her mother has dementia. She had to move in with her. She's also a single parent, and she's behind the chair five days a week, and Kanga just was not taking off. And a year ago, exactly, she um, reached out to me and said, listen, Leslie, I respect your you know, business acumen. I would love to talk with you about partnering with Kanga. And I was like, oh, well, maybe... Um, Maybe, you know, it was hard. My dad had just been diagnosed again with cancer. And I was like, I don't know if I have the time to do this or whatever. And my dad was like, girl, you have to do it. This is a no brainer. Go for it. So I agreed. We spent the last year rebranding, um, did a new website, got a new manufacturer. Like we've done everything. And it launched in August. And um, we've been really excited with the results. You know, I... I really do think, especially if, you know, a lot of people out there listening, if you do on-location weddings, you have to have it because you know what it's like. You show up to a wedding venue and it's like gorgeous and they want to get their hair done there, but there's no place for you to put anything. And with these, it's like you have your station at your waist. I mean, there's a pocket for your uh, bobby pins. There's a pocket for product. There's a pocket for hot tools. We are, there's, if you're a full top, if you're a full service salon worker, there's a pocket for your shears. In 2020, we're launching a makeup brush pocket. But right now, some people use the sheer pocket for their brushes, but it only has, you know, a couple of spots where a real makeup artist needs like 20 brushes at her waist. So that is, we want to make products that make stylists' lives easier. And our first is the Kanga Bell, but there's more to come. But go check us out. That It's really exciting. I hope, I'm excited to see where it goes. And I think that, um, like, I know that you've sent it out to salons, um, not just every Harry, Dick, and Joe. It's like you've been selective at who you're going to send to. And I know some of the feedback, you know, it's hard working on your feet as a stylist 15 hours a day sometimes. And so why not make it easier? But also people are very set in their ways. And so if you're listening to this and you're in, cosmetology school or there's something where you have a reach where you can start people who don't have bad habits off on the right foot 
and teach them how productive it can be. This, I mean, for me, it all goes back to productivity. And like before you even launched it, like I noticed the girl who most does my hair, like Carissa or Deidre, and um, Carissa always like had this. And I was like, that's really cool. It reminds me of like my little toddy thing for and but she I'm not kidding you. The girl can wash, blow, have my hair fixed in 40 minutes. Like even though we we have an hour if we need it. But like it it saves so much time. Yeah. And then, like, she was recently pregnant. She's like, now I get a pee break. <laughs> like, now I can get a snack break, you know? And it's just, it does matter with productivity. But you almost have to teach that and teach people. And it is something new, acclimating into your everyday life if you don't use it all the time. But, like, my niece, she is about to graduate high school. And I don't really see her cut out for college. Like, that's just me. And she's like, no, no, like... I want to do criminal justice because that's what my uncle does. And it's so, it is, it's the shit's fascinating and people are crazy, but I'm like, but you do makeup and you're amazing at makeup. So like I've been asking different people and talking and they're like, you don't have to go to college to like do makeup. But if you go to cosmetology school, there's not as much focus on how to do hair and makeup and be productive. Like, I see you coming up with a course that will launch yeah. at these colleges, these cosmetology schools one day where you're, like, doing Zoom video training to, like, teach them ergonomically how to use these tools because it is a really new thing. Mm-hmm. And then it's hard to get the teachers buy-in because I feel like there's th- – th- that's a whole different story. I don't know how people can teach something when they've never effing done it. So, like, the people who teach, like, hospitality and planning and events and meetings, and but they've never planned or executed anything. I'm like, I, I don't really understand how that works. But I look at your story, and I'm like, you weren't into hair and makeup. Like, it, it's just one experience that changed your life, and you went for it. You were like, I'm freaking doing this. And look at how many people you now, looking back, like, there's probably been thousands and thousands and thousands of people that because of you, they feel better. Mm -hmm. They feel beautiful. Mm -hmm. And when, when I first met you, I think I asked you if you knew the daymaker guy Mm -hmm. that like, we're both in EO and we saw him speak and I thought he was going to teach me how to go get all my work done during the day. That's really what I thought it was about. I had no clue that he was like a hair person And so, uh, you know, I go and I listen to his journey and his speech and it wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be. But it was so amazing to listen how he has grown his salons. And now then he got very sick and got cancer and was told he was going to die by multiple hospitals and doctors. And his incredible journey and just some of the stories he shared about his like regular clients and how he always said like, I'm 100%. If they want to talk to me, I'm there. If they want to work on their laptop, like me, I'm there. I'm quiet. And But the letters and things that he has gotten from people, they're like, you just always make me feel beautiful. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, women, we're hard on ourselves. And, like, we may not feel good, but I feel better every time I get my hair done or get my makeup done. So... 
for anybody that's listening that, and it may not be about hair and makeup, but anything, like what feedback would you give? I don't like to use the word advice, but like from your experience, like what would be the top takeaway that if they have an idea and, but they just don't know like how it's going to play out, like what would your guidance be as from 10 years ago to now? That's a good question. I think that the reason it worked for me was because I had not gone to business school. I had not taken these courses. I had not. I think if you do, if you look too much into it, you're not going to do it because you're going to scare yourself. You know, I think it was um, the best thing I could have done was just dive in. And I think if you truly believe, like I truly believed that everyone in Nashville deserved to feel beautiful like I did that day. Like, I truly believe that it would work, because why wouldn't it work? Who doesn't want to feel beautiful, you know? And every setback I had, I just kept going back to, but everybody deserves to feel like this. And, like, when you were just saying that, I mean, we are there for our clients on their their best days, their worst days, you know, for their first dates, we get to hear about it, for their daughter's graduation, for funerals. I mean, I've sent girls out, you know, for free for people to do their hair and makeup before their child's funeral because that's when you really want, I mean, you want to crawl in a hole and die that day and never come out, but instead you have to be in front of everybody you've ever met. And so to give someone the gift, that's just one thing off there. And I can't tell you the letters we get back. I mean, it's really, it really is sweet. And then we're there for your wedding. We're there for your engagement pictures. And because we don't do cut and color, it's not like we'll see you in six weeks. It's we'll see you in three days. We'll see, you, you know, so we really do know our clients. And that has given me more than, you know, I don't know. It's it's really a beautiful thing. But if you are thinking of starting your business, whatever it is, it may have nothing to do with, you know, the beauty industry or anything like that. But if you truly believe that it's going to make the world a better place, it's going to it's going to solve a problem for someone out there, then close the books. Don't that <laughs> this is what worked for me. Don't do too much research because you'll scare yourself. You just have to you just have to go be blindly optimistic and work through your setbacks because that's, I don't know. That's what worked for me. Well, and you also, you asked for help. Like oh, you did well, ask for help. True. 100%. I see, you know, like all these things, it's funny, you know, I make jokes like hashtag girl boss. I don't, like that term because I, it doesn't have anything to do with what sex you are. You have to know your limitations. Don't be scared to ask for help. I've always asked for help. Like I'm uh, like the opposite. Like I feel like I don't know anything. So I'm always asking people because why, why do we have to put this facade up that we're badasses? You know, that's so fake. No one's born knowing everything. You're just not. I'm sorry. Someone had to teach you and you have to ask for help. And that's one reason why, like you're going back to my employees, I 100% know that they know more about hair and makeup than I do, you know, but I know more about the business side of this because I've been doing it for eight years than they do. And we stay out of each other's way, but always ask for help. I think that is huge. And trust your gut. That's another thing. If I've ever made a panic hire, that's what I call it. I knew when I was hiring them that this wasn't going to go well. You know what I mean? Like, just listen to your gut. If someone's asked me to, I don't know, to open to go into another market and I don't feel like it's going to work I have to say no because my gut's telling me it's not going to work listen to your gut we have that intuition for a reason amen so if you guys are going to be in Nashville 
or Chattanooga, check out Blowout Co. And do people have to have an appointment or can they just walk? I mean, I'm sure it's recommended. Y'all, I don't leave the place until sometimes I schedule my stuff three months out. Like for every week, because like I know my travel schedule, which I mean, I'm a planner at hearts, Mm -hmm. but like I feel like most of your return people do that. Um, but do you guys, if people are like, oh, I'm in Nashville, I heard that podcast and I don't have an appointment, but maybe I should call. Like, do you always recommend that they have an appointment? And also too, I will say like the website is pretty user friendly. You can go on book now, you can pick your stylist, like the list is really long. And if you're just in town, it's like just anybody and see what the availability is. And like your girl that answers the phone's awesome because I'm like, hey, I just got off of a plane and I don't have an appointment, but I feel really gross. And she's like, oh, girl, we're booked today. But if somebody cancels, I'll call you. And if they have a cancellation, like I, I get called and it's like right down the road from my office. So I'm like, I'll take that cancellation, um, which is great. But can people just walk in? Um. This season is pretty difficult. You know, from October through the holidays, it's pretty difficult. On a Tuesday in January, yeah, you can probably just walk in and get a blowout. But I do always recommend people calling ahead of time just to see because maybe we can't get you in at that moment, but we could get you in at three and then you don't waste a trip, you know, and you can run another errand before you come in. So I do recommend people calling um, ahead or, or looking online. I mean, you don't have to call anybody. You can just look the website. I'll tell you if we have any appointments or not. Um, but if you do walk in and you can't get in, we do give you a little $5 off card because our, we would love to be able to take all walk-ins, but it's just pretty difficult. That means you're busy and booked, which is awesome. And if you work with any hair and makeup stylists that do weddings or the next time you're getting your hair done, Think about sharing Kanga, the KangaCo.com, and we'll put it in the show notes too. It's literally one of the coolest belts I've ever seen. And like the way that it works is awesome. Thank you for being here and sharing everything today, Leslie. Well, thank you for having me. Leslie has been so gracious that if you mention the Business Unveiled podcast at your next blowout of any of their four locations, for 15% off your service, or you can use the code PROFIT, all caps, P-R-O-F-F-I-T-T, 15% at checkout, and get 15% off your Kanga belt. So again, the code is PROFIT15 and the percent sign, and PROFIT is in all caps. We'll put it in the show notes Again, mention this podcast, get 15% off a service or a Kanga belt. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another awesome episode. And if you have an idea and you're not so sure, like send it to us. (laughs) We'll help you get there. But be sure to tune in next week to another episode of Business Unveiled and have a great week. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. And I'm so very grateful if you leave a review. Be sure you are a subscriber so you never, ever miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled. Also, be sure that you are part of my email list. And if you're not, 
Sign up today at AngelaProfit.com, where I share valuable resources and exclusive products with only my subscribers. Now, before I go, I want to ask you, if you have a story or a product to share with the creative industry, please let me know. To be considered as a guest on Business Unveiled, visit AngelaProfit.com and submit a podcast guest form. Until next time, remember to stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.